Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw on the eve of New Year's Eve. Amal, and we've got a Mayo Bowl in progress here as South Carolina actually closed a 13 point dog in this game, got up 18 to nothing. And cling to an 11-point lead as we enter the fourth quarter. Yeah, I didn't touch the game. By the time I woke up, I'd already seen the game was already in progress in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, Mac Brown hasn't had a defense since the days of Vonnie Holiday and Greg Ellis going back to the late Oof. 90s. I uh, I um, surmised that maybe Mac Brown didn't want to get dumped with Mayo at his age in this game, and they were taking it pretty <laughs> easy. But this game is not over. Uh, North Carolina with possession here down two scores. Amal, you came within a foul with 10 seconds left of going 5-0 and yesterday. I thought it was going to happen for you. They went the last 240 without scoring. The game sitting at 3, you were under by half a point, and then the foul and the, the free throws put it over. Yeah, it really was one that shouldn't have even been that close because they had a 25-point spurt about three minutes in the first game between Tulsa and SMU last night at uh, Tulsa. SMU was struggling a little bit offensively. There was only 21 points scored in the first eight or nine minutes. And then all of a sudden, there was a huge spurt. And then you see both of these teams exploding at the end of the first half. By the way, SMU couldn't miss a shot. I mean, it was unbelievable. They were on fire from beyond the arc in the early stages of that first Three half. Three more bowl games today following North Carolina versus South Carolina in the Mayo Bowl. And we'll get to those later as well. This show, our preview of the national semifinal games tomorrow between uh, Georgia and Michigan and Alabama and Cincinnati. But it's Thursday. So we always do my top five NFL power rating list. Not a lot of changes from last week, um, but a little bit of a shakeup. One team coming in, one team dropping out. Let's start at number five. They demolished the Woofties on on Sunday night football, but I didn't move the Cowboys at all off that victory. I'm keeping the Cowboys at number five on my list this week, Amal. Um, probably not as good as that performance indicated, and the Washington football team probably not as bad as it. But when I look at where I rank them in the NFC, I look at their chances of winning the NFC title, and I don't think they're in the top two at this time. I would agree with you. I like your uh, placement at five on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the new team coming in is your team, the team that you bet preseason, the Los Angeles Rams. I thought the victory in Minnesota was a key one. Minnesota, a desperate team trying to get to a wild card spot. It's never easy to go up to Minneapolis and win in that arena. They were in, not only did they win and cover for the betters, but they were in control of that game from the beginning. They really were, and uh, this team is really getting hot at the right time. This team's looking more and more dangerous. Getting Cam Akers back in the mix is going to help them out. Uh, I, I like them at four. I, I think so far your you're two that you have so far are spot on. The Patriots off their loss have dropped out. 
from three off the list, and I've inserted up a spot from four to three, the Indianapolis Colts. They did it a banged-up line. Within the, uh, with, within the first quarter, they were missing four offensive linemen, missing their tight end, and still found a way to win in the desert over Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. I think three might be a little bit optimistic for the Colts. However, if they're healthy, which they'll get Carson Wentz back in a week, this team is extremely dangerous in, in the uh, AFC. I know a lot of people are pointing towards Buffalo being a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe the Colts are the bigger threat. The fact that you would have a potential return game in Kansas City and a revenge spot for the Chiefs, get a short number, I'll be all over the Chiefs in that one. And remember, the Colts went to Orchard Park and absolutely destroyed the yeah. Bills about a month ago. Uh, coming in, the top two are the same on my list. The AFC's number one team, the yeah. Chiefs, an impressive victory over the Steelers. And the Packers, although a little bit hairy there, they went three and out twice to end the game. But Cleveland couldn't get the job done, and they continue to hold serve winning at home against the Browns on Christmas Day. Yeah, I think your list is terrific overall. Uh, my only question to you was, and you kind of answered it, any concerns with Green Bay just struggling to only put up three points in the second half against the Browns? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. They seem to take the foot off the gas a little bit. They seem, to, they seem to be okay in these situations of not trying to make a first down until third down, and then something happens. I mean, if Devontae Adams doesn't drop the wide-open pass – They'd run out the clock, and we're not talking about, oh, the Browns could have won the Browns this, Baker, Mayfield, and his foreigners. We just say Green Bay wins at home again, although they didn't cover. I still think this team has good balance. Mm -hmm. You still have the NFL MVP behind center here, and so that's why I give them an edge over the Chiefs. You know, you made that point, and I, I felt like once they got the lead, even though the Browns had an opportunity with a field goal to win the game late, you just didn't feel confident that Baker was going to be able to march this team down the field, even though they moved the ball throughout the entire game. And, of course, you alluded to it, the fourth pick of the game. So betting is the great truth serum, right? So I was watching this end game. They still had an end game number on this. When Green Bay punted to Cleveland, Cleveland got the ball on their own 25, down two with three timeouts left, 201 on the clock. So they still had the two-minute warning. Right. So four timeouts, essentially. Green Bay was still in game at that point, minus 140. Wow, usually speaking, if you had, if it was the other way around, the Packers would have been the favorite in that spot. And maybe more than $1.40. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And uh, see the Browns struggle. The only thing you were concerned about from a Browns perspective is you had a young kicker in there. Could he get it done? That was the one question mark in that one. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to the bowl games today. Right after, uh, right after this Mayo Bowl gets over, we're going to have the Music City Bowl from Nashville, Tennessee, featuring the University of Tennessee Volunteers against the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, Purdue made news this year and, and overachieved under uh, under Jeff Brom with uh, with victories over number two Iowa at the time, Ed Kinnick, and over number three Michigan State in West Lafayette. Tennessee's had a productive offense, put up 24 points against Georgia, the only team outside of Alabama to cross that 14-point threshold. Tennessee, in essentially what could be considered a home game, although it's not at Neyland Stadium, laying seven and a half here to the Boilermakers, them all, total 65 and a half. Yeah, I don't have this play in the plays because I took this one at five earlier in the week. I said this game is going to get over seven, and it has this morning. Um, you have too many opt-outs for Purdue. George Karloftis, one of the best defensive ends in college football, he's out. That's a huge blow. Bell, one of the top receivers in college football, out. You've got the second leading receiver for Purdue out as well. So when you look at it from that perspective, it's going to be a real challenge for the Boilermakers here. I think uh, Hooker and company should be able to move the ball with tempo. They're going to put some real pressure on this Tennessee defense. I like, uh, excuse me, on the Purdue defense, I like Tennessee here to roll. SEC needs to get off the schneid here, 0-4 so far. By the way, if I hear another one from these SEC fanboys about, oh, this guy opted out, I thought you are the SEC. I thought you got the greatest depth in the world. According to rivals, who, by the way, acquiesces to you every week, you got the top five recruiting classes when they only rank four of the teams. It's unbelievable. I mean, give me a break. 
you got to beat these Houston's of the world if you're going to tell me Auburn is so good. You know the one thing, though, and I know we're going to get into the preview a little bit later on. The one thing nobody's talking about with Alabama, they're fortunate to escape the swamp, should have lost to Auburn. I mean, this is a team that's been in some games against some pedestrian teams. Auburn went 6-7. and seven. Florida fired their coach, went 6-7. and seven. Uh, A&M didn't even play in the bowl game. They're 8-4. and four. It's not like they're beating up on a murderer's row of teams. And Georgia got vastly overrated. And I'm not saying that they're both not going to meet up in the national championship, but I like both dogs tomorrow. And I think when you look at it, Georgia didn't have to face a quarterback all year. Once they played a quarterback with a pulse, they got completely exposed. The best team, the best offense they played outside of Alabama was Tennessee. Yeah, and by the way, if you go back and look at the tape on that game, Hooker missed several throws where guys were wide open. All right, let's move on. Kicking off at 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock local time is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. This is a game of what might have been, who could have been playing between Pitt and Michigan State here. Kenny Pickett not going to play for the Panthers and, of course, Kenneth Walker has an opted out for Michigan State. Michigan State here, lane three and a half in Atlanta with a total of 56. I, I like Pittsburgh in this one. I know no Pickett in this mm-hmm. game, but to me, Walker actually is so impactful for this Michigan State team. His ability to run the football with his speed was a difference for this team, and that's going to make a huge difference. Um, I think Patty will be just fine under center here. Uh, Nick Patty getting the start for Pittsburgh. I like them catching three and a half. They've got some guys on the outside that can make plays. You know, we've talked about Kenny Pickett all year long, but the reality of it is, Mike, nobody talks about the fact that Jordan Addison is the guy that won the Bolitnikoff Award, what he's been able to do this year. This team is far more dangerous. I think their defense is better than Michigan State's. Look, if you are a quarterback playing in this game, and if you can't throw the ball against Michigan State, you better find a career in insurance. Because if you can't throw the ball against that defense, you're never going to be able to throw it against anybody. I will have to wait to see if they can throw the ball against Michigan State. But if they're struggling to throw the ball against Michigan State, I think this game could lean under the 56. But if they do have success of what could be argued the worst secondary of a Power 5 football team, then I think the game sails over. It's going to come down to that whole thing. Can Michigan State defend the passing game of Pitt? I don't think they can. Remember, this is a team that not only was the worst in the Power 5, they were worst in all of college football, including the group of five. They couldn't stop anybody. And I think they're going to lose this ball game. I, I would love for them to win. Obviously, I'm a Big Ten homer, but... I, I think Pittsburgh gets it done. You take any plus 140 here? I did not yet. I'm going to a little bit later on. Okay, and then capping it off tonight right here in Las Vegas from Allegiant Stadium is the Las Vegas Bowl featuring the Wisconsin Badgers against Arizona State. I'm going to have a play on this game later. It's my singular play today. This number, six, six and a half. Now a solid seven across the board here, all with a total of 42. First question, do you think this game goes beyond the seven, and do you have a play? I do. I like uh, Wisconsin. I took them earlier at six, but at the seven, I would still take them. Reminds me of the Oklahoma situation. I think Wisconsin, their fan base and this team is going to be ready to go. I I think Arizona State's been going through the motions since the second half of that game in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles. I think they're in absolute trouble here. I think Wisconsin rolls in this bowl game. Um, I like Bucky Badger to win this one comfortably. I agree with you here. When I look at ASU's schedule, I can't point to that quality win where you say they beat any. Now, they did beat UCLA. You disagreed with me on the Holiday Bowl. UCLA opted out late. You did not. You liked NC State in that game or a no play. I liked UCLA. We didn't get to see them play. But arguably their best win was at the Rose Bowl against UCLA. I mean, they got shellacked at home by Washington State. Absolutely blown out of the game. BYU physically manhandled this team. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they played anywhere close to the competition that, that Wisconsin did in the Big Ten. Remember, Wisconsin had to play Penn State on the other side of the bracket as well as Michigan. 
you brought up that point, but think about the losses Wisconsin has this year. Four losses against Minnesota in a rivalry game for Paul Bunyan's Axe, a series that they dominated. Give Minnesota credit. They win that game late. Minnesota looked dominant in the bowl game defensively. They were terrific against West Virginia. Michigan's playing in the college football playoff. Probably should be a 13-0 team. Got a bad call in East Lansing. They're 12-1. You mentioned Penn State and how solid this football team has been all year long. And then they have one other loss along Notre the way. Dame. Notre Dame. In a game where Notre Dame, neither team could really move the ball in the first half, and it came down to a series of turnovers and special teams in the third quarter that gave them separation there. I, I like Bucky Badger. I think we got half of Vison going in this game, and I think they'll be pulling for the Badgers. I think they will be as well. Are you going to go? Uh, I am not going to go. I have uh, several things to do here, and I couldn't make it in time for kickoff, so we'll be watching here I'm gonna be, this large screen sports. going to be hanging Christmas lights. It's only about 362 days away. Jacob can take him down for you. When we come back, we'll look at teaser possibilities in the NFL. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is odds on. Mike Palm and Amal Shaw here on a Thursday, the eve of New Year's Eve, and in the Mayo Bowl, South Carolina tacks on a field goal, now leading by two touchdowns, 35-21. I think just about eight minutes to go about to kick off to North Carolina. Yeah, this South Carolina team has really played well today. Beamer's offense looking better. Remember, they're going to have Spencer Rattler under center next year. And by the way, if you're Mac Brown, uh, might want to find somebody that can coach a little defense. It's been a problem. <laughs> you think? Just a slight problem. This team was ranked number 
10 to start the year. But then again, Matt Campbell's team was ranked in the top, would rank number nine, and they finished seven and six, and 19 starters leaving. Trouble coming in Ames, believe me. <laughs> All right, let's go to, we do this on Thursdays. We look at teaser possibilities in the NFL, and I always give them all four options here on each game. Tease up, tease down, play the line straight, or pass on the game. Let's start off with this NFC East matchup. The Eagles off their pummeling of the Giants travel to our nation's capital to take on the Washington football team, who looked as bad as a team could look on Sunday night football in Jerry World. Eagles Amal laying three and a half on the road. Do you tease the football team up? Do you lay the three and a half with the Eagles? Pass on the game. I would tease the football team up here. Yeah. I think they're going to bounce back. Look, I'm a big fan of teams, whether it be the NBA, NHL, what have you. They get embarrassed. We saw it in, in the Premier League the other day, right? Leicester City gives Oof. up six goals to uh, Manchester City, and then they get a clean sheet against Liverpool. And I think it's going to be a similar situation here with the Washington football team. They got embarrassed. They give up 56 uh, points. I think we'll see a far better defensive effort out of them in this game. I like them getting either – I would take it to 10 or 10.5 on a 6.5 yeah. or a 7-point tease. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers still missing a lot of Tom Brady's weapons. Travel to MetLife to take on the Jets. This is a huge number here. Um, all Buccaneers laying 12.5 on the road. Do you tease them down under the touchdown? Do you tease the Jets up or do you pass? I, I'm going to pass on this game. I don't know which Jets team we're going to get out of this. You're not playing Jacksonville. Uh, Tampa needs this game because if the Rams drop a game, then they will move into the two seed because of the head-to-head against the Cowboys. So great opportunity with the Buccaneers facing the Jets and the uh, Carolina Panthers to close out the season. Do you think it matters 2-3-4? I do. Hold on. Knowing that you won't get the one, do you think it matters to be 2-3-4 because of the second round of the playoffs hosting the second the divisional round game? Yeah, if, if you are Tampa with mm-hmm. the depleted roster that you have now having to go on the road to Dallas as opposed to hosting them, I think could make a difference. The Cowboys are huge Rams fans. Yeah. They, they need the Rams to – if the Rams went out and the Cowboys went out, they get the two or the one seed because as long as it's a three-way, they have the best conference record, right? They only mm-hmm. have one loss in the conference. The, the problem is if the Rams eliminate themselves, that head-to-head on opening Thursday night against Tampa Bay does not go in their favor. Uh, an interesting matchup of two teams that may be in the playoffs in the AFC. In fact, this would be the matchup right now if the playoffs started today. The Titans currently the two seed. The Dolphins the seven seed off the six-game winning streak. Um, Dolphins at Tennessee. Tennessee lane three and a half. Do you tease the Dolphins up past the 10? Do you lay the points with Tennessee or pass? I would uh, Look, I'm not going to do this, but I would tease Miami up to 10, 10 and a half. But I'm going to tell you, Mike, I like, and this number went up, I like Tennessee laying three to three and a half. I thought this number should have been four. I know Miami's on a seven-game winning streak, and they've played extremely well. But if you really dissect their schedule, they've been tremendous benefactors of some weak teams and weak opponents at the right time. I like Tennessee here. Remember, they have the three, four additional days of rest. Miami on a much shorter week, having played Monday night. I like Tennessee to win this game at home. All right, let's move on to Foxborough, where the Jaguars travel north to take on the Patriots. This is a huge number here. Um to lay for a team that's more of a low-scoring team and based on defense in the Patriots. It's 16 here. Is this a game you can touch? Are you tempted at all to tease the Jaguars up? I'm pretty sure you're not teasing the Patriots down. I am not, and uh, I'm I'm not going to touch this game. But if you said to me I had to tease this game, I would actually do both. I would tease them up, and I would tease them down and just go with the game and hope it lands between 10 and uh, 23, 9 and 23 reality, because I I think New England's going to play extremely well. I think they're actually going to blow out the Jaguars. This is what New England has done all year. 
They've beaten up on the weaker opponents. Now, they did have that win against Buffalo, but when you look at it, when they face, far, to me, better competition, we saw Buffalo run right through them in that game last Sunday. Yes, we certainly did. All right, let's move on to this game impacted by COVID in terms of Carson Wentz. The Raiders still in the playoff hunt. Go to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, who are in the midst of the playoff hunt as well. Have played much better after that 0-3 start. Colts, lane 7 here. Do you tease the Colts down, essentially making it a money line pick, or are you tempted to tease the Raiders up or pass? I would tease the Raiders up. I think, mm. look, if you're going to bet this game, I would take the Raiders plus seven. Yeah. I also would take a shot on the money line here. And I think they got a chance. We we got, listen, you got that two horse running back in the backfield with uh, Jonathan Taylor and Sam Ellinger. Uh, obviously we'll throw some halfback options with him to T Y Hilton and some people along the way. Ellinger's not an NFL quarterback. You, you got to get this game if you're the Raiders. You got an opportunity against a depleted roster. Offensive line is banged up for the Colts here. I know the Colts have a good defense. Uh, this is your opportunity if you are the Raiders. So plus two forty-five here for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, next game, huge game uh, in terms of the AFC North and overall seeding in the AFC. The Chiefs go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Chiefs laying four and a half, five in most spots now. Do you tease this Bengals team currently leading the AFC North? And really, they win the division with a win here to, uh, on Sunday. Do you tease the Bengals up past the 10? Or do you like the Chiefs in this spot? Uh, no, I would go up with the Bengals. You can get, you're getting past 10 and 11 here. I like them a lot in that number. You know, they're going to be able to put up some points here. Um, if you wanted to tease the Bengals, would you make it a seven point, a six and a half point teaser to get to eleven and a half? I would. Yeah, yeah, that's a, eleven yeah. now a key number with all the two point. It fingers. is, but I'm going to tell you something. You brought up a great point. I would actually go to twelve, and the mm-hmm. reason why, and just to break it down for people that are unaware, the six point teaser in most places in Vegas is minus one twenty, six and a half is minus one thirty, and the seven is minus one forty. And I would go to the seven minus one forty. And the reason being is this: on a two team teaser, and read the rules wherever you're betting. If one leg ties or pushes, you get a refund regardless of the result of the other play, Mike. Yeah, even if the other leg loses. Exactly, Mm -hmm. which is very critical. So to me, I would go to 12 because it gives me the benefit on the off chance that the game lands on 12. I'd rather pay the 10 cents extra there. Okay, in a game I'm sure many will be watching, the New York Giants are at Soldier Field to take on (laughs) the Chicago Bears. Joe Judge... uh, Head man for the Giants is very tight-lipped on whether it's going to be Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon. It appears Glennon is able to play. Uh, Chicago rallied, come away with a pretty decent victory at Seattle in the snow. Maybe a little pep in their step. Line here, Bears 5.5 now, 6 in some places. Tease the Giants up, the Bears down, play it straight or pass. Uh, either Giants up or pass. No, No interest really in this game. Uh, Mike Lennon would love to get an opportunity to play against a team that signed him to a long-term deal and end up cutting him after the first year. Uh, this Bears team played far better with Nick Foles under center. Uh, they, they've got a lot of things they need to improve upon, but i got to give them credit for the way they fought. Survivor. Mm-hmm. Five people left. Yep. Two have San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think both will use San Francisco. They're playing. Who are they playing? They're at home to the Texans, 13-and-a-half, okay. 14-point yeah. yeah. favorite, right? Down from 16 and with the Garoppolo yeah. hand issue. Only two. The other three, it really becomes a choice now. Seattle. Do you take Seattle at home against the Lions, who have played very hard and well and given teams fits? The real story of Survivor is how many people the Lions have knocked out. Whether you stop fading the Lions at the right time is whether you're still alive here. Or do you possibly use the Bears 
in this spot against the you would not no, I would go with Seattle you would yeah I'd take Russell Wilson over any of these guys you know to me it comes down to the quarterback and uh, I, I would rather have him in this spot Falcons Falcons travel north to play the Bills Bills lane 14 I actually like a teaser here would you take the Falcons up to 21 or would you take the Bills down to seven play it straight or pass you're saying Bills down to seven no really Falcons I like the Falcons yes yeah. I, I agree with you just based on the number being so high I, I, man, I tell you what, I watched that Lions-Falcons game, and uh, Falcons are bad. The Falcons are bad, but who are the Bills? Who are the Bills? This is a team that has struggled mightily. They don't run the football. You have no idea how bad I want to disagree with you, but I can't. I, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, I agree. This is line is like price before the season started, what we thought the Bills were. I know they're back in control of, the, of these, but they're not the dominant team that we thought. I would agree with you, but I think being in control of your division fate has a huge impact, and this team has an opportunity to wind up as a potential two seed. Um, can they can they get to the one? I don't think I think Kansas City have to lose one more game, right? Yes. Well, so they have a shot. So I, I I'm not going to tease this game, but I, I hear your point. I just think Buffalo's going to be dangerous here. Um, real quickly, Rams at Ravens. Rams are laying three and a half. All right, Lamar's back. He practiced yesterday. Tempted to tease the Ravens up past the 10? Absolutely. Come on. You give me Lamar and Ravens at home? Up to four in some spots. How about any money line? You think the Ravens rate a shot here against your team of winning? Unfortunately, I do. Remember this game two years ago on Monday Night Football? They absolutely pummeled the Rams in L.A. All right, when we come back, we're going to break it down to two college football playoff games. That's next. Odds on. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers with our own Jonathan Von Tobel. The Lombardi Line with Patrick Marr and Michael Lombardi. Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. Coast to Coast Hoops and many more. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw on the eve of New Year's Eve. South Carolina in control of this game, up 14 and running the clock out for the most part here, Amal. It's about three minutes left in the game. North Carolina only with one timeout. Yeah, and they got a first down and 10 as uh, South Carolina did go out of bounds on the uh, play, but uh, really in shape. And I'll tell you what, very disappointing performance here for Mac Brown's team. Yeah, a disappointing season. I, very, that's exactly, you're a, a very right. Dis- you're a very disappointing right. season. All those Sam Howell uh, Heisman tickets uh, down the drain, Bear. Okay, let's start out with the first semifinal game tomorrow. This is at the Goodyear Cotton Bowl from AT&T Stadium, Jerry Wold in Arlington, Texas, featuring the group of five Cincinnati Bearcats, undefeated winners of the American Conference against the Alabama Crimson Tide, the overall number one seed. Alabama 12-1, and the only loss in front of 100,000 screaming maniacs at College Station, Texas, uh, in a game in which they led in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati, the big win at Notre Dame, um, in a game they were actually favored in, overcame a slow start against Indiana at home early in the year. Remember, they're down 14 nothing, hadn't had a first down early in the second quarter, were about to punt again, and then a roughing the passer penalty on the Hoosiers really changed that game. This line opened to 13 them all, and it really hasn't moved much. 13 and a half in some spots. I honestly, them all thought this game would be north of 14. 
I can't bring myself to bet the team that got me the money with the college football future at 13 and a half and a total of 57 because I don't know how they stay with the Alabama offense. I know they have good defensive players, good defensive players in the American Conference. I don't know how they handle this Alabama team. Total here, I'm all 57. Break it down for us. Well, first of all, I'm tell you what. I think when you look at the Cincinnati team, they're probably better than people realize, and I think it's going to be a real challenge for the Crimson Tide from a defensive standpoint. It's not about what the Alabama offense is going to do against Cincinnati's defense. I think they're going to move the ball. They're going to score points. Bryce Young is too talented. Jamison Williams is going to be a first-round pick. They're going to get their points. The question is, can the Alabama defense control Desmond Ritter with his legs on third down and five when the play breaks down? He's big, he's strong, he's got good speed for a quarterback. I think it's going to be a challenge here. Jerome Ford has run the ball effectively throughout the course of the season for this team. Mike, I'm telling you, I like the points here. I think it's few too many points. If you look at when Nick Saban has struggled, it has been against mobile quarterbacks historically. Go back to after the first two seasons in Tuscaloosa. It's been mobile quarterbacks that have put pressure on his defense. Play breaks down, and that's where they really challenge them. The other thing is if you're Cincinnati, you can only be as bad as minus one in the turnover margin. You have two turnovers. I think they're going to absolutely get dusted in this game. They've got to make sure Ritter throws the ball accurately. 30 touchdowns on the year, eight picks. But he's a guy that can be highly inconsistent at times, but extremely consistent at other times. He's got to get on a good streak here of throwing the football. If he can do that, they're going to have an opportunity. And then you've got to win the special teams battle. You've got to get good punts when you have the opportunity. Can't allow Alabama any return yardage whether it be on a punch or kickoff return, you've got to win those battles. All right, let's talk about the total of 57. You said when the opening look-ahead number of 50.5 for the SEC championship game, if it featured Alabama and Georgia, was way wild. Mm -hmm. You thought it should have been 60, right? And the game flew over. It actually got bet down to 49. Is the Cincinnati offense as good as the Georgia offense? Uh, The running game for Georgia is better. The passing game for Cincinnati is better. Is the Cincinnati defense better than the Georgia defense? Against the run, no. Against the pass, their secondary is better than the Georgia defense. If you liked that game to be 60 in the SEC championship game, do you like this game over the 57? I do. The one concern I have here is if Alabama blows out Cincinnati and covers the 13-and-a-half, I think the Bearcats might struggle to score I still think the Crimson Tide are going to put up high 30s, probably 35 to 42 points here. I think it goes over. But just in case the Bearcats really struggle and if they're completely outclassed, then it could be a problem. Um, I think when you look at the Cincinnati secondary with Kobe Bryant back there, with Sanders, I think this team is going to match up far better against Alabama than anybody has all year long. The absence of Mechie. You think that's the... Gardner, not Sanders. Sanders on the line. Sorry, go ahead. You think that's the key and why you like you like Cincinnati in this spot that they don't have to defend him? No, because for me, the difference is Jamison Williams is the threat. John, okay. John Mechie, to me, I, he came into the season with a lot of hype. I didn't buy it. I didn't think he was a great receiver last year. I thought there were some opportunities for him to step up when Jalen Waddles was out. I didn't see the type of performance from him that I'd seen from past Alabama secondary receivers. To me, the difference in this game is going to be Williams is going to get his. He's so fast. He's tough to slow down. Really, uh, he's a track guy, uh, can really fly. But the difference is you look at these two guys in the secondary for this team. Gardner is unbelievable. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. And then Bryant as well, Mike, is probably going to be a a second-round pick. They've got guys that can play. The question is, can you keep them upright in terms of Bryce Young? This team can get pressured. The Alabama offensive line has not been terrific all season long. 
And then the running game is the big question mark. When we saw Robinson get hurt in the Auburn game, Trey Sanders couldn't run the ball between the tackles. Alabama's going to have to run the ball effectively. If they become one-dimensional, as great as Bryce Young is and as great as Jamison Williams is, I think that really prevents them from moving the ball at will as they potentially could. We saw Auburn give Alabama fits and that they continued to sack Bryce Young in that game. Will Cincinnati be able to put that kind of pressure on? I think they can, and they will, and they'll take their chances because of what they have in that back four. You go man coverage if you have to, and you take your chance on bringing the pressure and say, hey, listen, if you beat us, you beat us, but they've got to get home. If you allow Bryce Young time, he will pick them apart. Does it give you pause in backing Cincinnati that you give Nick a month to prepare for this game? Nick Saban is 17 in bowl records, and the reality of it is that his record has improved drastically over the last several years. Two wins last year. Um, so, you know, you're looking at 15 and 10 part of that. He's great, but he's not in the top 20 of bowl games. I think when you give him an ample amount of time, there's a perception that they're going to roll. They've always got better talent than everybody. But, you know, I point back to certain games along the way where they've had opportunities. I thought they should have taken care of opponents. They didn't necessarily do that. You know, we, we saw what Clemson was able to do that freshman year of Trevor Lawrence. They beat him by 28 points. People forget they absolutely crushed him. It's not that Alabama is immune to that. Look at the schedule this year. A&M. Florida ran the ball effectively. Uh, you've got a game in Auburn that if Bigsby goes out of bounds, ba- excuse me, stays in bounds, I don't think Alabama's moving the ball down the field with about a minute to go and winning that football game. So I think Alabama is ripe for the picking this year if it's going to happen. I just don't know if Cincinnati's good enough to do it. I think Cincinnati is unfortunate that Auburn did not run the clock out on yeah. that game because I think Cincinnati would have fared better against Georgia, not just for the matchup, but the fact that they had this team down 10 in the fourth quarter in yeah. a New Year's Six game. Last year, um, I respect your opinion on this game, and I'll pass. Um, I I would have backed Alabama in this spot, and I'll take a wait-and-see approach on this game. I don't know. Can the Cincinnati secondary slow down Bryce Young? I think the the key is what we talked about, the pass rush, if they can get some pressure. I, I would agree with you there, but the one thing I would point to is when you look at this Alabama team, go through the schedule this year. They have not been as dominant as people have expected them to, and the defense has had some deficiency. And the one game that I really point to that surprised me was LSU, both teams off of a bye. LSU had two opportunities in that fourth quarter to move down the field and, and, and win that game. I'll tell you right now, I'm taking Desmond Ritter. By the way, Mike, he has the third most games played at quarterback in the history of college football. This guy's experienced. All right, then the scene switch from the heart of Texas uh, to South Florida. The Capital One Orange Bowl from Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. This game will kick on New Year's Eve tomorrow, 4.30 here on the West Coast. 7.30 local time, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Michigan Wolverines. This game has stayed above seven. We opened at nine in favor of Georgia. Um, it's come down to seven and a half. You can still find eights in some spots with a total of 45. I like Michigan. I like Michigan on the money line here. It's all going to come down to can the Wolverines run the ball enough to be effective play action? Yeah, this is interesting to me. I think Michigan's a better football team than they get credit for coming into this college football playoff. In my opinion, I have them as a 13-0 team. Tough call in East Lansing that went against them, Mike, that would have put them in this position to be 13-0. And if you look at their games this year, the one that I really point to that nobody's talking about because it happened so long ago was the domination they had against Wisconsin at Camp Randall in terms of their physicality. This Wisconsin team has been terrific against the run, better than Georgia. 
Michigan went through them like it was a car wash. And I think the Wolverines have an opportunity here. Remember, this is a Michigan team that has done all year without their best wide receiver in Ronnie Bell, who tore his ACL in week number two against Western Michigan. I think if Cade McNamara can play even 60% as well as he did against Ohio State, the Wolverines have a chance to get to the national title game and have a shot to win it all. Uh, the key for me with George is going to be you've got to run the ball, and then can Stetson Bennett make the plays? Can Bowers, the tight end, who's going to be probably the national freshman of the year, step up when they need him most? That's going to be the key. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this game on the other side of the break, Mike, but I'm with you. If you like Michigan, grab it today. We've seen these numbers move, and I think this number will come down before tomorrow. We keep hearing Stetson Bennett. He's great. Stetson Bennett's good from the Georgia coaching staff. How realistic is if they fall behind that we see JT Daniels? It's a good question. Remember, he was in COVID, so let's see how healthy he is. Yeah, okay. All right, when we come back, there's one more bowl game we're going to talk about. That's the Outback Bowl, the early game on January 1st, and we'll look at the NHL and NBA as well. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local Bet Rivers teams, has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with the Mall Shaw. I won my one play, the first half under in the Clemson Iowa State Cheese It Bowl. Um, by the way, we joke about first and eight here in these bowl games with the spotting of these games. How about the play with, with the runner? They got marked a first down at midfield and they're about to snap the ball and they reviewed it. Oh, it's third and four. It's not a first down. I, I rewound it because they went to commercial. I said, what are these guys talking about? I said, it wasn't even close. Even, no. even if you didn't take that first step out of bounds four yards from it, still, still, yards. still short. That's yeah. exactly. Amal, you were red hot last night. Now, I thought you might have got a little fortunate in in, um, uh, in Tuscaloosa with yeah. Alabama. Tennessee played very well, but Alabama's defense in the last three minutes was the difference in the game. Really was. And I'll tell you what was scary, though. There was about 12, 14 seconds remaining. I know. 
Alabama's up five, and Tennessee, normally most teams rush up the floor. No, they were going to take the last shot down to possessions. I was like, this is brutal. Are you kidding me? Luckily, it was Brick City, USA, Crimson Tide, winning that game by five. It was a terrific basketball game, though. How about... uh, how about uh, Auburn opening 18-1 to against LSU? I tell you what, they did everything they could in their power to try and give that game back. But Jabari Smith, the difference in that one for that team. In one game, you know what's funny? I'm mad at myself. I didn't give it on air. And uh, I told Britton about this one. Miami at home, uh, I, I didn't end up playing this, but I, I should have taken it. Miami at home against NC State. NC State can't win on the road to save their life. I, I jumped in on your game, although I had to lay a price on the money line with uh, the Providence last night. That was yeah. an easy winner for you. Yeah, final score was really not indicative of the game. Providence had about a 10, 12-point working yeah. margin in that one. And then, by the way, uh, Boomer Sooner, you and I both uh, rolling with that one. And then Clemson right. defensively showed up. But I'm telling you, long-term, Mike, I have some concerns about Clemson. All right, you got two bowl plays for us today. Yeah, so I wanted to uh, point out something real quick. These numbers have changed drastically at this point in time. Tennessee has gone to 7.5 here. I got Tennessee much earlier in the week at minus 5. told you there was a bunch of opt-outs with this team, and there was only going to be more. I like the uh, big orange here uh, laying 5. And then Wisconsin, now up to seven. I don't have a problem with the minus seven. I got at six earlier in the week. Mike, I just feel like Arizona State is not even going to be engaged in this game. This team, their season, we can find it. It's at Rice Cycle Stadium. You had one of the better lines this year, and you've had, you know, several. Uh, but you said they left their season on the field at halftime at Rice Eccles. Yeah, beat twenty-eight nothing in the second half. They really did. This team has not been the same. You pointed out the yeah. Washington State performance at home, just absolutely lifeless. Let's go back. Uh, we were talking. Oh, my! I co-signed with you on my play. Uh, Wisconsin minus six. I'd lay the seven though yeah. in, in this spot as well. They're going to be able to run the ball against Arizona State, and I don't think Arizona State can run the ball against Jim Leonard's defense. And I don't think they can beat him passing. I I actually think that Wisconsin wins this game seventeen plus. Have they faced a defense that's even close to what Wisconsin's going to bring? Well, who's the best defense in the Pac-12? And and I'll give you a few seconds. I was going to say Utah. I mean, that's probably the only most one physical. I can. Yeah, most, most physical, physical, right? Uh, this Wisconsin team, it's outside of Michigan. Who's run the ball on them all year? Mm-hmm. Remember that game, and we, well, let's go back to this, because I want to continue our sure. discussion uh, on the on the Orange Bowl, the second national semifinal game. Because that, I would circle that as Michigan's uh, – Best performance outside of the Ohio State game. Remember, Michigan got the ball on the opening kick, and Harbaugh went fourth and one twice from his own territory. Yes, once on the tw- on the thirty four yard line, and then again about the forty six yard line. He, I thought he showed at that point just how desperate this team was, and this was the year that he thought he had a team that could win. And they did. They went on to dominate that game. I think they're every bit as good as Georgia. They've been able to run the ball on everybody, including Ohio State, including Wisconsin. This Georgia, the best rush defense in the country. I think it all comes down to that. Can Michigan run the ball? Because if they can, it will open up the game for McNamara, and he will not have to make throws in tight windows. I think you brought up a lot of excellent points. And if you look at statistically, Wisconsin's actually even better against the run than Georgia is. And I think if you could physically manhandle Wisconsin the way the Michigan Wolverines did against Georgia, I think they've got a great chance in this game. Mike, I think this number is an overreaction to what we saw earlier in the year with Georgia's performance. But I don't think people looked at it and dissected it from the standpoint that, hey, you haven't played a competent offense. And once they did in Alabama, we saw the Crimson Tide roll them. They were incredible in terms of what they were able to do offensively. Remember, they didn't even score a point in the first quarter. It's 41 points from the final three quarters there. This Michigan defense has not gotten enough credit. You look at what uh, David, uh, uh, what's his last name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on... uh, Bago or um, Butcher in his name. But the point is, you look at him and Aiden Hutchinson in terms of what they can do. Hutchinson obviously finishes number two in the Heisman, but it's not about that. It's about his ability to create pressure on the quarterback, even if he doesn't get a sack. 
And I don't think Stetson Bennett, with his lack of tremendous uh, pocket uh, ability and just arm strength, is going to be able to really decimate this Michigan defense. Now, remember, they're going to be potentially without Hill, who's in COVID protocol, did not travel to Miami. That's a big blow for this Michigan team in the secondary. I still think, though, Michigan is a far more complete football team than people realize. I like them getting 7.5 here. I think it's going to put a lot of pressure, and if you're Georgia, you've got to have big days from White and Cook running the football. Mike, we're going to find out early on, if Georgia's not able to run the ball effectively, they're in trouble. Because if they've got to rely on throwing the ball to Bowers and to uh, Pickens on the outside, I think it's going to be a tough time. You had a ticket on Georgia to win the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, um, they didn't get there. Did you have a future on them in the playoff or to win the national championship? I, I did not. Okay. I, I thought they were going to get to the t- uh, to the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to win. Okay. I just say look at the schedule between these two teams. What Georgia's best two victories, they didn't score an offensive touchdown in beating Clemson 10-3 in the opener. And then they were they were impressive against an Arkansas team. Outside of Alabama, okay, Michigan has played better teams than anything else Georgia has faced in Wisconsin, in Michigan State, Ohio State. And let's not forget, they won at Penn State, at Happy Valley, in a very difficult place to play. I think that, that they are more battle tested than Georgia is in this spot. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take I took a little bit at eight earlier. I'm gonna take seven and a half again, but I'm on the money line here. I think Michigan advances. Well, look, I think they got a great chance to do it. When you go back to the, the Georgia schedule, they didn't score any offensive points against uh excuse me, offensive touchdowns against Clemson. Mm-hmm. They put up three points. I'm not saying Michigan's defense is on the level of Clemson, but I think this is still an elite level defense. You know, everyone wants to point to the job that Michigan did in terms of the Wisconsin game and some of the other games. I thought Michigan's best half of football was saved for the most important game of the year for them. That was against Ohio State. I thought the second half performance by the Wolverines in terms of what they were able to do and just dominate the Buckeyes really said a lot about that team. I think they've got a great shot in this game, not only to go in here and cover this number, but as you alluded to, win this game outright. This reminds me of, 2014, Ohio State catching seven against Alabama. Everyone's like, oh, Alabama's got Derrick Henry. They got Amari Cooper. They got this guy. They got that guy. Let me tell you something. Georgia's got all these dudes, but Michigan's got some dudes too. Britton, we'll hit the Outback Bowl tomorrow. I want to talk to them all about Rose Bowl. Yeah. Opt-outs for Ohio State. This number's come down four and a half, maybe four now in favor of the Buckeyes. A lot of talk, Kirk Herbstreit talking about how special the Rose Bowl is, and it still has to be taken seriously. It's disappointing that people are opting out. Do you have a play on this game? Are you leaning towards Utah, or do you think the talent of Ohio State still wins out here? I I took Utah earlier at Uh 6.5. I'm not going to come back with a smaller play on this number here. It's going to be interesting to see what the Buckeyes end up doing offensively. Look, I'm not as concerned about the loss of Wilson and Olave as many other people are. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be the best pro from last year's national title game of everybody that played for Alabama and Ohio State. However, when you look at the depth of Ohio State, Julian Fleming, Emeka Igbuka, and, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., they're not going to miss a beat at wide receiver. They still have probably the best receiver on the roster this year, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Travion Henderson. But the big loss is going to be Nicholas Petit-Frere on that offensive line. He was a terrific tackle, probably going to be a first 45 pick there. Mike, that's a big blow. And then Haskell Garrett, they're going to be able to replace him with uh, Teron and Vincent in, in the defensive line. They should be okay there. But I think this Utah team has been physical. And, you know, this is why we need an eight-team playoff. Conference champion, uh, two uh, at-larges and one group of five team. I'm telling you right now, Utah's a team nobody wants to face based on the way they've played over the last six weeks. All the money coming in on Utah here. Does Ohio State take this game seriously because they're disappointed they're not in the playoff? Look, a few years ago this happened as well, and they wound up in the Rose Bowl. Remember they were laying like a touchdown to – to Washington, they got way ahead, and then Washington came back and backdoor covered him here. 
I think we're overvaluing Utah because their two biggest win came against a fraud Oregon team. I would agree with that. I think you make an excellent point. When you look at Utah, they haven't actually beaten a really a lot of great teams compared to what they've played thus far. Uh, I mean, compared to Ohio State. And the other thing with the Buckeyes in this matchup is, I think there's a lot of young guys ready to step up. There's some great opportunities there because these guys have been sitting for a while behind Olave and Wilson. There's some chances here for some young guys to really make a mark. They've recruited extremely well the last several years. I tend to agree with you. I'll tell you what, I'm hoping this line gets down to three. I will try and middle it, taking Ohio three State at three and, and a half. half. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's hit a couple college basketball games here in the last minute. Michigan taking on uh, UCF tonight. Wolverines laying two and a half with a total of 139 I'm all. Yeah, this UCF team has been better than people realize so far this year. Coming at eight and two at home, they're generally pretty tough there. You know, Johnny Dawkins failed at Stanford, but quietly in Orlando, he's done a really nice job of turning things around with this team. The one thing I will point to with UCF is they're going to defend well and terrific on the free throw line, Mike, near 80%. I would look at the home dog here. I'm not convinced the Wolverines are the team to beat in the Big Ten. I'm not convinced the Wolverines are a top-tier Big Ten team yet. Yeah. Utah at Oregon State in a Pac-12 matchup looks like one of the few that's actually going to get played. Utes laying four on the road, 138. Yeah, if you're Oregon State, you hope you can opt out of this game 2-10. and 10. This team has just absolutely gone backwards. I think Wayne Tinkle, there might be a coaching change at the end of the year. This team just can't shoot the ball, only 30% from beyond the arc. They struggle in this one, but I'm not going to lay four and a half on the road with the Utes. Some good Pac-12 basketball to be played when they, everybody gets back. Though. We lost Arizona-UCLA today. Yeah. All right, stay tuned to Visa. And up next, it's Betting Across America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.